glad that you're here this morning. And so we welcome you. If you're a guest with us today, take a moment and fill out that guest card. It's a connection card right in front of you. You can also use it to put a uh, prayer request on it. And we'll pray about that. We'll pray with you on those things. I'm going to read from God's Word this morning from Romans chapter 10. So would you stand as we read from God's Word, please? Romans chapter 10, beginning in verse 8. But what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame, for there's no distinction between Greek and Jew. For the name of the Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And then dropping down just a handful of verses. So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Amen? Amen. Father, we thank you today for this Lord's Day, and we thank you for these dear ones that have come today on a, on a very cold day. But Father, we feel the warmth of God in our lives and upon us. And so, Father, today I pray that the touch of God will be evident in this service today. I pray that the, the, the very presence of the Lord is going to touch people's hearts and their minds Open their heart up by the power of your Holy Spirit. May there, be, may there be a reception of your word into their lives that is going to create faith, that, that moment of faith. And so, Father, we thank you today. Let the blessing of the Lord be rich and available to every person in this room. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you turn in your Bibles today to Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 17. Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 17. When I was, uh, when I, I, I sort of came across, I didn't come across this, I sort of invented this, uh, this title towards the week after Christmas. And I did not realize, I started looking around on the internet uh, for a couple of things, and I ran across the fact that uh, somebody beat me to that, that's for sure. And uh, there are several poems out there, "Twas the week after Christmas. I was going to try to find one, but uh, much to my dismay, there were several questionable things, and each one I just... <laughs> I thought, you know what, I'm not going to say that in front of church people. And um, so we'll just have to leave it at that. I, I, now look, I, I realize you're going to run home, and you're going to Google, "Twas the week after Christmas. So I, I understand that, I understand that. So, but anyway, let me read my text this morning. It's a good text. Verse 17, now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them, concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary 
kept all these things and, and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all of the things that they had heard and seen as it was told to them. You know, we've spent quite a bit of time this Christmas season, Advent and everything leading up into Christmas. By the way, what an incredible Christmas Eve service. I, I just want I just want to salute every person that had any, anything to do with that. Uh, I think that's, I, personally, I think that's probably one of the very best that I've ever been a part of. And um, it just everything was, uh, everything was so well done and accomplished in, in such a timely manner and everything. So I just appreciate it. takes a lot of work. It really does. I mean, those little kids, they would drive me nuts. I mean, it takes a special, it, it takes an incredible talent to do that. Not everybody's cut out, I'm, I'm one of them, I'm not cut out for that. And, uh, but um, I'm so thankful that we have people that are just so incredibly talented to be able to take small children and, and actually have them do something that made sense. And uh, so I'm so glad for that. They, they did a great job. And so when you see those teachers and workers and stuff, pat them on the back if you would, because they, they really deserve some uh, more credit than what we're able to give them. So we spent a lot of time this uh, Advent season of the people surrounding Christmas. And these people are fascinating people. They're interesting people, all of them. Baby Jesus born in a manger. We spoke of Joseph, of Mary. We talked about Herod briefly the shepherds, the innkeeper, wise men, all of these, all of these uh, people play an, an interesting role in the birth and the incarnation of Christ. Every one of them was important. You know, folks, I believe the idea of celebrating Christmas is a great idea. And I realize that there's a lot of commercialization and all of that stuff and parties and whatnot. I, that, you know, I, I accept that, I understand that, but you cannot, you, you just simply can't rip away the wonderment of Christmas in my life. I don't care what they do with it. I love Christmas. I love to be able to go into stores and hear, yeah, I know, they're playing Jingle Bells and Frosty and all that. By the way, we spent Christmas with my daughter and her little three-year-old, and they build a snowman right out on their patio. And I said, well, Olivia, isn't that a nice snowman? And she corrected me immediately. She said, no, that's Olaf. <laughs> now, you people with children know exactly what I'm talking about. And I realize that there's all kinds of other things that get uh, attached to Christmas. But I'm not going to allow them to overshadow my personal love for what God did when God became flesh and dwelt among us. I can't get over that. I mean, I, I, that's, that's stunning. That's amazing. And so the world can't take it away, and I'm not going to allow it either. And I believe the greatest way to celebrate Christmas, folks, is to become a Christian. I remember our first year... As Christians, we had gotten saved in February, 
And I remember our first Christmas as, as real Christians. I mean, not the church kind of Christians, but real believer-type Christians. I, I just, I, the, the, the whole thing just, just exploded in my heart of how wonderful Christmas was. And I, I personally, I don't think I've ever lost that. I want to keep adding to that wonderment. I want to keep, uh, I want to keep that very much alive in my life. And so my text this morning, I'm going to just kind of draw on about uh, four things here. We'll walk through them fairly quickly. By the way, the outline is on the back of your church bulletin. Put it back there. I want to talk about proclaiming. Verse 17, it says, Now when they had seen them, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning the Christ. In other words, these shepherds, these shepherds were transformed people. They saw Jesus. They, they, they were there. I mean, think, think of that just for a minute. They were there. They looked into that little feeding trough and saw Jesus Christ. They saw those little tiny hands and little feet and everything. This was God. And they saw him. They were privileged to be able to Look at this. They were privileged to be able to speak to Mary and to Joseph and, and all of these things. But the, the, the amazement of this is also is that when they left the stable, they left as transformed people. And I contend with you, friends, that if you come into contact with Christ, you will be transformed. Nothing will be the same in your life. You will be changed you will walk out of the building different. You'll walk into tomorrow different. You'll approach virtually everything in your life totally different because you've been transformed by Christ. You've seen him. He's touched you. He's changed you. Can you imagine that angelic declaration? These guys sitting around out there tending sheep. It's a quiet time of the night, I'm sure and everything else. These, these were shepherds, folks. And I know you, I think I've explained this before, but these were kind of on the lower end of the social scale. These were not people that, uh, uh, the, you know, you didn't invite these guys to parties. Because, I mean, they were just sort of on the low end of the scale. And uh, nobody thought too, uh, too well of these shepherds, or any shepherds. In fact, if you had a shepherd come into a court situation, they would not allow him to testify because they figured that all shepherds are liars. So they, they, they would dismiss them. But God found shepherds. God found people that he could speak to. And he organized an angelic choir that lit up the night, that sounded the voices of heaven to announce the birth of Christ. Wow. That's good stuff. That would wake you up. Now, I think these shepherds, they didn't just, let's get something straight here. They didn't just go run off, leave the sheep. I think they probably had to leave a few people back to make sure the sheep didn't run off. I mean, this would scare sheep. And so they kind of had to hang, a few of them had to hang around, but most of them took off for that for that Bethlehem uh, <coughs> stable. 
And they wanted to see Jesus Christ. They wanted to see him. We're reminded that God's ways are often not our ways. You know, God could have called, and I think he did open the door there for the opportunity to the religious elite of that day. But these people were all caught up in themselves. They were all caught up in their own thing and everything. They didn't have time to walk six miles into Bethlehem and try to find Jesus. They just simply didn't. And they knew exactly where he was going to be born. The majority of the Jewish people knew that. They'd heard the preaching. They'd heard the prophets and all of these things. They knew this. Spread the word. They went out and spread the word. I, I can't imagine, you know, in my life, I, I was so radically transformed that I wanted to spread the word and I didn't have anything to say because I didn't know anything. I just knew that God had changed my life. That's all I knew. Folks, you know, the thing of it is, <clears throat> we can preach Christ. Any one of us can. You don't have to have permission to do that. You don't necessarily need specialized training, although that might help you. You don't need to have the so-called right time come up. You just go out and do this. Look, Jason, it's so simple, isn't it? You just go up to people and say, well, I, you know, you have to, you can't just walk up to people and say, uh, this is what God did in my life. When that, <clears throat> when that subject comes around, people want to know what God did in your life. What is Christ meaning to you right now? And that's powerful. You may not have all of, the, all of the scriptures memorized and all that stuff that you think you should say and all of these things, but if you will tell people what God has done in your life, let me tell you something, the Holy Spirit will take care of the rest of it. <coughs> and the next thing you, you know, the next thing you know, somebody's gonna say, well, how can I have this? Now you have a real dilemma on your hands. That means you have to pray. <laughs> pray out loud. I'll never forget the first time I prayed out loud. I was with my pastor and two other people. We were, I mean, we were baby Christians, unbelievably stupid baby Christians. I mean, we were like these sheep more than the people. And the pastor says, before we go share the gospel with these people, would you pray? And I mean, I, I was, I practically froze up. I practically wanted to jump out of the car. And Ron, I never prayed out loud before. And so I did. I don't know what I prayed. I have no idea, but I prayed. And I've done quite a bit of it since, so I'm, I'm a little better at it. Talk to them about Jesus. People want to know about Jesus, let me tell you. And if you'll pray, and you've heard me say this before, if you'll pray today and say, listen, Father, would you send somebody across my path that I could speak to them a word about Jesus? I guarantee you, I promise you. In fact, I will give you my paycheck if that doesn't happen. That is, that is something that God is incredibly eager to do, is to bring something across your pathway that you can say a word about Jesus Christ. I'm not saying you're gonna lead him to Christ. I'm not saying, I'm just saying, you're gonna open the door. God is gonna open the door for you. Pray that, would you? At the end of this service, pray it, and you'll be amazed. Okay, verse 18, it says, and all those heard it were marveled 
my Bible says marveled. Some of your Bibles say amazed. And, and I found out that there's actually two words for the same thing here. One of, one of these marveled. <coughs> oh, wow. We won't do that again. I promise you. Uh, one, of these, one of these words for amazed is sort of a temporary uh, fascination. Something very temporary. It doesn't last. It's sort of like uh, the Chicago Bears going to the Super Bowl this year. Something very temporary. It won't last. It won't happen. And um, I thought some of you might pick up on that. The other is marbled. The, the, the word, the, the, the idea is here a holy wonder. It's, it's just incredible. You know, Peter, James, and John went with Jesus up, onto the, up on top of the mountain. And there the Bible says Jesus was transfigured. And they marveled at that. Here was Jesus. Here was Elijah. Here was Moses. And they marveled at that. That's something that's not going to go away. That's something that you don't forget in your life. I've already forgotten who played in last year's Super Bowl, nor do I even care. But uh, I can tell you this. If Jesus was to stand in front of you today along with Elijah and Moses, I promise you, you'd never forget it. And that's what that word means, to marvel at this. Marvel is like being a, a spectator in Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2 where, where the creator says, let there be light, and there was light. Let there be planets and earths and galaxies and, and all of these things, and it occurred right in front of you. You saw it. You'll never forget that. That's the marvel here that we're talking about. That's the amazement that we're talking about in this particular text. I think you should be amazed at Christmas. This is me talking more than anything, but I think you should be amazed at Christmas. And if you manage to go through this entire season without ever pausing to wonder, then I think you missed an awful lot this year. I really do, I honestly do. I'm not saying you're a bad person or anything. I, I just think something, please change something so that you don't miss what God is doing in this whole thing. Don't ever lose your sense of wonderment. Now, verse 19 talks about Mary. Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Ponder carries with it the idea the idea of you is just sort of listing things in your life. And you don't just list these things, but then you start to peel back the wrappings and the layers, and you go underneath all of the stuff that's, that's going on and trying to find out what does this really mean. <coughs> Can you imagine Mary's wonderment and pondering? When an angel said to her, you're going to have a baby who is Christ the Lord. What about Joseph? What was the conversations there? It's amazing. What about that 80-mile ride or whatever that was, getting into Nazareth from 
or getting into Bethlehem from Nazareth. What about shepherds? We've never met these people. And yet they've come to the stable and they're looking in awe at your child. What about these three wise men who brought incredibly expensive gifts? You never met them in your life. They've come from hundreds and hundreds of miles and they've declared that a star is shining over that birthplace. The Bible says Mary kept these and pondered them, wondered about it. You know, I look ahead just a little bit. We're, uh, what, we're about three months out. January, February, March. April 1 is Easter. That soon it's, she would wonder, did this make sense to her when she stood at the foot of the cross? And there's her son dying for the sins of the world, pondering these things in her heart. This is the Messiah. This is the Savior of the entire world. This is the one who is going to forgive my sins. I love that, that song, Mary, Did You Know? And the fact that Mary needed a Redeemer also. And she was the mother that carried the Redeemer. But she needed redemption. We all need this redemption, and that's the importance of Christmas in this thing. Pondering, folks, pondering is hard work. Did you know that? Pondering is hard work. And I want to challenge you a little bit in this area. We're here at the end of the year, and <clears throat> it's a good time to do this. Look back over the past 12 months and look at the ways that God has worked in your life. Kind of begin to list those things mentally and better yet, find yourself a notepad and start writing a few things down. Some things that God has been doing. Make yourself a top 10 list if you'd like. Here's some things that are good and here's some things that weren't so good that didn't work out well. I'm not talking about, I should have planted corn in that field instead of beans. I'm not talking about that stuff. I'm talking about stuff that is personal inside your life. Things that, this is a good time to say the woulda, coulda, shoulda. And I should have done this. I should have, could have done this, but I didn't do this. This isn't to heap a lot of blame and guilt and all of this stuff on people. This is just a, an operation simply for you personally to say, these are areas that I want God to work in my life. I want him to work stronger in my life to help me to be more of a person of prayer, of the word, of faithfulness and ministry, whatever that might be. And there could be many, many things more than what I've just mentioned there. But this is a part of this pondering. And then in verse 20, the shepherds return glorifying and praising God. Glorifying tells me these shepherds were profoundly changed by what they had experienced. And within a few hours, their hearts were filled with the presence and the focus that God had put in their lives. These shepherds were overwhelmed by God's power, his grace, his goodness, his works in their lives. 
and they couldn't stop talking about it. Folks, let's not stop talking about Jesus. You know that? We talk about politics all the time. We talk about what's wrong, what's right, and all kinds of other things that's going on. Let's not stop talking about Jesus. Because I guarantee it's not who's in the White House that's going to change the world. It's who's in people's hearts and in their lives that's going to change this world. We need to be doing this. Christmas season ends for all of us, and we'll soon, you know, I assume probably some of you took down the tree on Christmas Day. Well, that's rushing it. <laughs> Ours is still up. I tell you, the time when we were at college, we got so busy, our tree was still up and still up. And it came to uh, Valentine's Day, and our tree was still up. I said, Joel, we've got to pull these drapes. Somebody's bound to see this. And uh, so we did. We pulled the drapes and finally got it down about the 1st of March. But what a difference. I hope we're all going to be changed by Christmas. I know I am. And I've been at this for a while now. I've seen a lot of stuff. But when I see those little kids up here, when I see our teenagers doing things, when I hear the music being played, all of these things, it continues to change my life. And I don't want that to ever, ever stop. I want that change to be continuous. I know the work is the same, but these guys went away different. Some people speak about what they call the magic of Christmas, and I think what they're really saying there is they're, uh, they wish that, you know, they love the trees, the gifts, um, chestnuts roasting on an open fire. <coughs> All of these things, that's nice and everything, but it's only temporary. That's only temporary here. It comes just once a year. But the greater truth of Christmas is meant to come and live in our hearts, keep living in it, keep living in it every day. Every day we're going to roll into Easter, and I'm just going to love that like crazy. But there's a spirit of Christmas, God with us, God with us, redeeming us, fulfilling his desire, his wishes for every one of our lives. And so go back to whatever you do every day. That's what these shepherds did. These wise men, we hardly know a thing about them. They went back a different way. But they went back to whatever they were doing. And all of these things, the shepherds still had to deal with these cranky sheep. But it really didn't matter because they'd been with Jesus. They had seen Jesus. And there was a transformation that had occurred. And we'll celebrate Christmas all year long. I got four things here I wanted to just share with you. I'm going to put them up on the screen here. It's what I've just talked about. And talking about proclaiming the good news that Jesus has come, wondering about God's amazing plan. What's God's amazing plan for you? Does he have an amazing plan? I'm guessing he does. So let's ask him if we can't begin to kind of push aside the all the other stuff that kind of collects on top of that. And can we take, get a glimpse of that amazing plan? And then pondering about the works of God personally in my own life 
And then finally, glorifying God in our daily lives, going out <coughs> and making it happen on a day-by-day -day business. You know what? I'm going <coughs> to... Excuse me. Some of you are going about, and you're going to do the same thing every day, and that's, that's good. But do it with God. Do it in a glorifying way. Do it in a way that's going to elevate the presence and the person of Christ in everything that you do. Do that. On the back, <coughs> on the back of your envelope, or bulletin, I put some things here, and I don't think I put those up on the uh, screen. I don't think I got that in there. Probably not. I want you to take a look at it. Do you have it? It's right on the back. It's right here. And it's right under the greater truth of Christmas is meant to live in our hearts all year long. And right under that, I put in, I think, four or five things here. Do you have it in your hand? How many's got it? You got it? Oh, look at there. That's great. Good. We made a lot of bulletins today. So if you want to take a souvenir copy home, you know, go right ahead. Take several. Let's say them together. Can we do that? This is sort of a, okay, here's, here's a little dab of a challenge for 2018. Don't let circumstances dictate your actions. Don't allow limitations to determine your expectations. Never allow doubt to fuel your focus. Don't let dreams die before they come true. Dream big in 2018. Amen? Let's do that. <coughs> Let's do that. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for this day that we worship once again the living Christ. Christ with us, the hope of glory. Father, I pray today that the simplicity of many of the things of Christmas will take on a fresh and vibrant meaning in our lives, refueling new hope, new energy, new desire. Father, I pray again that you will take elements of this message today, and it's going to spark an interest in your heart and your life. Father, I pray that we will not march into 2018 and just be satisfied with our status quo, but Lord, that we will desire a greater walk with you, a more personal walk with you, a desire to know your will in virtually everything that we're, we're involved with. So Father, I pray that you'll help us, help us to be strong witnesses for the glory of God. Father, I thank you today. Lord, I pray this morning that perhaps there's some people here today and that, uh, that really needs to, uh, they really need to take that first step in their relationship to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. Help somebody to just pray right along with me. Dear Jesus, come into my heart today. Transform my life. I want to change. I want to repent of my sin. I'm tired of it. I want Jesus Christ to live in my heart, in my life. I ask him to come in by faith, believing that he'll do exactly what he said he'd do. Let forgiveness be real.
Today I believe on Jesus and him alone for my salvation. I pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.